0: You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom, Christian, in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And brothers and sisters, no matter where you are or where I am, guess what? We are in the house of the Lord because he resides within us. Amen? Jesus said when two or three are gathered together in his name, then He would be there also. So guess what, brothers and sisters? Jesus Christ is here in our midst today. Friends, we're going to be talking about a very important subject, something that the Lord has really burdened me and put on my heart to share with each and every one of you. You know, we are coming closer and closer to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something happened Thursday that is bringing that ever closer to fulfillment. We are getting closer and closer and deeper and deeper into the end times. Thursday Russia attacked the Ukraine things I've been telling you guys are going to happen has started. Now, this is something that you need spiritual eyes to understand. If you try to to look at this with the natural eyes, you're going to be deceived natural eyes is going to want to tell you all sorts of things. You're going to want to believe the lies that the mainstream media tell on a daily basis. That's why you must have discernment and look at these things with spiritual eyes and hear them with spiritual ears. Friends, this most likely will be World War III. You know, Joe Biden and the uh, American government, they're not just, NATO's not just gonna sit back and allow Russia to attack the Ukraine. But friends, there's a reason for that and it's not any other reason other than to fulfill the agenda that they have. There's an agenda in place to bring about a one world government. This is right here in the Word of God. They want to bring about a one world government ruled by a one world leader who we know as the Antichrist. And the time of his coming to power is getting closer and closer and closer, my friends. And it is because of this, it is because of the fact that. I truly believe with all of my heart that America is going, is it, no matter what I believe, the word of God says, by saying that there will be a one world government under a one world ruler, that alone tells us that America will not be here in its current form no matter what. There will be no sovereign nations anymore. None. There will only be one nation, and that is the kingdom of the world. And then, of course, there's the kingdom of God, which those of us who are in Christ Jesus are a part of. But if you're not a part of the kingdom of God, friends... All of these things that are happening on the world scene should scare you to death. They really, really should. You should be scared because, my friends, as we are going to see today, hell is real. Hell is a real place. And so, so many people are going to spend eternity there that do not have to. However, my message today from the Holy Spirit is not necessarily to the world matter of fact although it applies to the world as well and the lost as well the message that God has given me to preach to you guys today is to the church friends I am speaking to the evangelical church in America and around the world, but especially in America because I live in America, and I have friends and family who I care about, and those I don't know who I also care about who are in the evangelical churches of America. So we're going to start off today, we're going to start off today in the book of Revelation, Book of Revelation, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 1. And the word of God says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy work and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. I want to stop right there a minute. Reading this verse, uh, Chapter, I mean, uh, this verse 2 in chapter 2, it brings to mind quite a few evangelical ministries. Um, they're Calvinist ministries. You know, the, the Southern Baptist Church are Calvinist. And ministries like Justin Peter's ministry. Ministries like John MacArthur. You know, they are quick To uh, not be able to bear those which are evil and those who say they are apostles, like those in the Word of Faith movement and the New Apostolic Reformation. The New Apostolic Reformation, apostolic comes from the root word apostle. And the New Apostolic Reformation is full of quote unquote apostles and Todd for Justin Peters John MacArthur these are the type people with the ministries who uh, expose the lies of these so called apostles come to mind when reading Revelation 2 verse 2 we're going to keep going verse 3 says and has borne And has patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. Do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Jesus Christ just told the church at Ephesus church in Ephesus. I know you guys are familiar with the church of Ephesus. The church that Paul started. The church that the book of Ephesians was written to. You know the the spiritual warfare book of the Bible. That is who Jesus is talking to here and he's telling them that they have lost their first love. And although they have works, he knows thy works and knows their labor and their patience and how they do not put up with those who claim to be apostles but are not, but are false apostles. And how they have labored for the name of Jesus Christ and have not fainted. Even though they've done all these great things, Jesus says that they've lost and left their first works. He tells them to remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come quickly unto thee and I will remove thy candlestick. Jesus is lit. The candlesticks, turn with me over just one page to Revelation chapter 1. And it says in verse. saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. We're going to go down to verse 12, and it says, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, with the garment down to the foot and yurt about the paps with a golden girdle. And verse 16 says, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword that his countenance was as the sun shining in its strength. And... In verse 20 it says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. So hearing that and then reading what... Verse 5 in chapter 2 says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick. He's going to literally remove them as a church. Now, Jesus is not saying that Those who are there who have not forgotten their first love and are still doing the first works, they are not going to lose their salvation because they would fall under the same category as those who do repent, who have, who Jesus is talking to, but who repent. But those who don't repent, Jesus is telling them what? Longer be Christians. Their names are going to be removed from the book of life. The Lamb's book of life. Friends, this and a lot of the messages that Jesus writes to the churches, at least five of them completely debunk the once saved, always saved lie tell you something. On a side note, the once saved, always saved doctrine. A lot of, I've heard a lot of people preach that it's something new that just came about with Martin Luther or John Calvin or over the past few hundred years, but that's not true. I'm going to tell you who the first people were to bring in the heresy of once saved, always saved. a heretical group called the Gnostics. You ever heard of the Gnostics? The Gnostics were the first ones to bring in the lie of once saved always saved. They taught that lie first. And Augustine, he followed suit with the Gnostics. Taught the once saved always saved lie. That's why men like Martin Luther taught once saved, always saved, because he was an Augustinian monk. But I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail. I want to stay on point. Friends, I want to talk to you guys about righteousness. We are so very, very close to the return of Jesus Christ. And friends, if if you're counting on a a, a secret rapture train, then, you know, I'm sorry, but you're going to be disappointed. And one of the biggest proofs of this is the fact that Although dispensationalists and pre-trib rapture believers try to say that the book of Revelation uh, after chapter 3 is not talking about the church. It's not for the church. (laughs) That is a lie that Satan wants you to believe. The entire book of Revelation is written to the church. The whole book is about the revealing of Jesus Christ as written to the church. And I'm going to read you something in one of the last verses we're going to look at today that further proves this. But right now I want to talk to all of you who are in the American Evangelical Church, the denominational churches, Southern Baptist. I've got many brothers and sisters in the Southern Baptist church. I've got friends in non-denominational churches who are nonetheless a part of the evangelical system. I've got friends in Methodist churches and I've got friends in Church of God churches, and even though the the Church of God does not believe in the once saved always saved lie, they, for the most part, are just like the rest of the evangelical churches in the fact that they do not strive for righteousness. We are supposed to follow the commandments of Christ. Brothers and sisters, if this is your life, if you consider yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, and you do your best to live good during the week, you read your Bible, you pray, But even though you go to church on um, you might go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and you might teach Sunday school, you might be a deacon, you might be a pastor. Friends, if you are not following the commandments of Jesus Christ and bearing fruit, have a dead faith like the book of James says friends you are on your way to hell unless you repent you may be just like the church in Ephesus speaking of the church in Ephesus I want you to turn to Ephesians We'll start with chapter 1. The Epistle of Paul, the Apostle, the Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Now, I want you all to turn... Over uh, to uh, let's see, we're going to turn to and look at verse starting at verse thirteen. It says, In whom ye also trusted oh, look, twelve that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted. After that, ye he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and whom also after that, ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise his glory wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus in love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers so Paul tells them that after he heard of their faith and their love Unto the saints, he gave thanks for them in his prayers. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of his glory and inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, Thus who believe according to the working of his majesty, of it excuse me, of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, what I want you to see here is that when Paul wrote this letter, He is thankful for the faithfulness of the Ephesians. He is praising them for their holiness and love. Now, he tells them what to do. He tells them to be angry and sin not. He tells them let not the sun go down upon your wrath, or neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So he tells them what to do, and he praises them for their righteousness. But a lot of years passed from the time that Paul wrote this letter in Ephesians to when Jesus had John write another letter to the Ephesians. And in between that time whose first works were love following the commandments of Jesus Christ walking in righteousness obeying the commandments of Christ they had stopped doing their first works and they had lost their first love Jesus said that if they did not repent that he was going to remove their candlestick from its place. You have many in the evangelical church today who are just like the church in Ephesus. You have many churches today, many ministries who walk with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And my friends, you can't do that. The blood of Jesus Christ can pull down any stronghold, friends, and it can put you on the narrow path if you get lost and go down the wrong road. But you must repent and come back to your first love and do your first works. We see another church in Revelation chapter 3. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works that thou hast the name, that thou livest and are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, then I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. And this Verse 4 really reminds me of many churches and it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It says, Thou hast a few names in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white rain. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Friends, by this we know we are the children of God. If we keep His commandments Those commandments Are the commandments of Jesus Christ Jesus gives us Those commandments You can find those commandments In Matthew chapter 5 through 7 Jesus also Gives a new commandment To go along with them To love one another Even as I have loved you If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, and you bear fruit the way that the Sermon on the Mount tells us to bear fruit. By taking care of the poor, giving to the poor, preaching the gospel to the lost, taking care of widows. If you see someone in need, do for them. If someone asks to borrow money from you, give it to him freely and don't ask for it back. Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said that He is the true vine and we are the branches. about the day of judgment that many would come before him on that day saying Lord, Lord didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name heal the sick in your name friends I got news for you, if you are casting out demons if you are healing the sick if you are um doing any of the things that these people that Jesus is talking about healing the sick uh casting out demons and just all the things that a believer in Jesus Christ is able to do guess what you are a Christian only Christians heal the sick Cast out demons. That's only Christians who can do that. Jesus says that those who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we, didn't we? He's going to say to them, depart from me. For I never knew you. Those are words that I don't want any of you to hear. I don't want any of you to hear those words. Just because you prophesied before cast out heal the sick. Does not in any way mean that you are going to for sure be accepted into the kingdom of heaven. If you fall away the way the church in Sardis, the church in Ephesus, Tyra, the church in Laodicea, you fall away the way that they fell away and you don't repent and come back to the Lord, then make a commitment to righteousness. Make a commitment not to be like the Laodicean church. Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, these things saith the amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He's going to vomit them from out of his mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold. Try in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and am set down with my father at his throne, he that have an ear, Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Friends, what I hear in the legacy in church, I hear those in the charismatic movement, the word of faith movement, movement. They believe in Jesus. They may have great faith. But Jesus says because they say that they are rich and that they have need of nothing, that they're living their best life now, they're worried about the riches of this world and not the treasures in heaven that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. They're lukewarm, they're hot. So, friends, regardless, regardless what category you fall in today, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to be like the church in Philadelphia where Jesus says, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shuteth, and shuteth that no man, no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man is shut. It. For thou hast a little strength, And has kept my word. What is his word? His commandments, his teachings. And has not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not but do lie. Behold, I will make them become in worship for thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee, keep thee through the hour of temptation that comes upon the whole world to try the world. This tribulation, this hour of temptation is coming. Just like it came here in the first century when John wrote these letters to these churches. But Jesus kept the saints who were faithful and kept his word. Kept the word of his patience because they followed his commandments and they endured until the end. He kept them in strength, he kept them through the hour of tribulation and the temptation to deny him because that's all they had to do was deny the name of Jesus. Worship Caesar as God. And they would be spared. But Jesus kept them strong. So they didn't have to be tempted. To deny the name of Christ. The same will happen again. We are coming into the final hour of temptation. We are coming upon the final evil day. The evil day from Ephesians 6. Every day is evil, we know that. But the evil day has its ultimate fulfillment during the great tribulation. When that wicked one, that man of sin, Is ruling the entire world. And all the believers must do. All the world must do. Is deny Jesus Christ. Worship. The man of sin. As God. And. You will be spared. That's temptation friends. But if you follow the commandments of Jesus Christ. If you keep the word of His patience, He'll keep you strong through the hour of temptation. Yes, you certainly may have to lay down your life for the cause of Christ. But why would we do anything less he laid down his life for us. And if we follow his teachings, keep his commandments, then the Holy Spirit will strengthen us through that temptation. And we will have no fear. In the hour of our death comes. For us to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Before we close, I want you to turn to one more place, friends. I want you to turn to Revelation Chapter 20, starting in verse 11. And it says, and I want you to think about this, because you may be thinking today, I'm a Christian. that Jesus Christ is the son of God and I have believed with my whole heart that God the father raised him from the dead I've been baptized I'm a member of a church I have not missed a Sunday in 25 years I'm a deacon I know I'm going to heaven that I just gave who will be right here in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead They were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not foul written in the book of life was cast into the lake. said about removing candlesticks of those who did not repent. About blotting out people's names from the book of life. Friends, in order for Jesus to blot your name out, your name had to be there. And friends, I want to tell you, if you did confess with your mouth that Jesus was Lord and the Son of God and you believed with your whole heart that God raised Him from the dead, you were saved. You were put on the vine. You were in the true vine. You were a branch. Your name was written in the book of life. But if you did not abide in the vine like. Jesus says, John, if you didn't abide in him, he stopped abiding in you. isn't me. Pastor Anderson telling you this. This isn't me. So if you don't believe me, your argument is not with me, brothers and sisters. Your argument is with the clear, clear, easy to understand word of God. Don't friends, please, please, don't let another day go by. Take a chance on ending up. the hearts of all those who heard today's sermon, whether live or whether they're watching it on Facebook or YouTube, a day from now, a month from now, a year from now. by bearing fruit right now that today will be the day of salvation. Father, I pray that if anyone wants to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior or they want to repent and rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ, Father God, I pray that would have them reach out to me if they don't know what to do or they want to know more. Father God, they can repent right where they're at. They don't need me. All they need is the Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you so much for your son Jesus and for giving all of us the opportunity to be reconciled unto you. Father, I love you and I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Friends, I want to thank you again for coming in, worshiping with us here at Kingdom Christian Assembly and we are going to be back tonight at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern for our Sunday evening service and I pray that whether you are here in the actual virtual sanctuary Until we come back at our next appointed time, I thank you for joining us. God bless you all. Grace and peace.